Hello everybody and welcome. I'm Dr. Mark DeBrinkett, the Good News Doctor, and today I have another episode with Robert Long and Dr. Hans Vink. These are um, owners of the GlycoCheck machine and uh, the MyBodyRx and Microvascular Health Solutions, these amazing products that they have brought to the Bioregenics company. And we are just so excited to be on our third podcast now. So I had both of you gentlemen on last summer, and we talked about the GlycoCheck machine and all the studies that have led to proving that damage in your endothelial glycocalyx is going to lead to all sorts of conditions. And then we ended this episode with saying next time when we come back, we're going to talk more about the studies that came out this year as well, but we're going to talk about the endocalyx and endocalyx pro and what that has done to so many people's lives and what we're seeing in the actual study. So... Thank you guys for coming back on and let's get to business. What's going on new with the studies from this summer since we've spoke last? Well, great. Uh, thanks, Mark. And again, I'm really thankful to be partners with Dr. Vink. Uh, he and I started working together many years ago. And I, I have to say, I think we constantly count our blessings because um, this this whole movement that we've been involved in and we're a pioneer in of microvascular health is accelerating. And we get contacted every week now by uh, academic research hospitals that not only want to buy a glycocheck, but they ask us if they, we would have an interest in doing uh, studies on the, so what do you do about it? The endocalyx uh, product. And so not only have we been able to do a lot of additional studies, with the GlycoCheck, which I think Hans will touch on, um, we're across, across uh, the, the, the most exciting thing for me, and I knew this years ago when I came into this, is I knew that the thing that got me so excited was that one thing that we focus on could impact so many different things about our health. And it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk about, no, it's the one, but this is really the one thing that until you fix it, uh, until you know how healthy it is, you really don't know what your health situation is. And so, you know, we were patient. We've put in all these years. I know Hans had her first figure out what was the glycocalyx, you know, had to get the images. You know, a lot of, a lot of doctors are out teaching and showing our uh, slides that Hans and his PhD students captured even 20, 25 years ago. And that, that changed the whole trajectory of what we know about the human body and the importance of uh, the endothelial glycocalyx and its role in health. And so it, for me, it's just so exciting because when we started out together, our goal was to, to get a bunch of academic research behind us and it's just snowballing, like it's, it's so exciting. And then as we created the Endocalyx Pro product, um, we knew that we had something special, but you know, every time we do a study, the thesis that we go into it with, I mean, it proves to be true. And so uh, 
we, we're excited to share this information with you today. So with that, Hans, um, I know you've got a bunch of stuff prepared, so I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, thank you, Bob, and uh, thank you, Mark, for inviting us again. It's so good to be here. I realized the last time that we talked, it's not too long ago, a few months ago, and then we shared some of the exciting data of studies that we did with the glycocheck system, showing a lot of problems in different diseases. So what I would like to do today is circle back a little bit to those findings that we discussed last time and uh, even the last few months. Some exciting additional data uh, was published, uh, you know, not only on the uh, prospe uh, prospective studies that we showed that we can predict uh, you know, future uh, risk for stroke or future risk for heart attacks, uh, but also new data on COVID studies and also very exciting data on people with diabetes. Also showing that uh, even during pregnancy, people that develop diabetes during pregnancy, even 10 years later, they still suffer from microvascular problems. So again, that illustrates and underlines the need that we offer some therapeutic to people that are suffering from long-term microvascular damage. So there's a lot of studies ongoing, and unfortunately, I cannot share too many details of the studies that are still in progress. But what I can do is show in more detail one of the Finnish studies on aging and another Finnish study that was recently published, an experimental study on the protective effect of endocalyx uh, against COVID challenges. So with that, I think it's going to be a lot of additional new information compared to, to, to the last podcast that we, that we recorded. So one, uh, one study that we discussed last time was a large-scale study uh, on uh, six 700 healthy individuals in a prospective study uh, in collaboration with the cardiology department in Greece. So seven years ago, we measured all these healthy individuals and then we demonstrated during follow-up over the last six years that people with a compromised microvasculature as measured with the glycocheck device. So that's shown on their lower left uh, with a high PBR score, so a damaged glycocalyx those individuals with a compromised microvasculature you know, uh, six years ago, during follow-up, they had a much higher risk, a five-fold higher increased risk of getting a stroke or a heart attack or a cardiovascular-related death. So more recently, this study was followed up, uh, just published uh, this year, and again, people using the glycocheck system and, and measuring microvascular health um, during the actual stroke, an actual stroke or a transient ischemic attack. So what's shown in these graphs, so on the left is showing a significant decreased capillary density, you know, compromised and damaged microvascular systems in individuals that are actually experiencing a stroke. Similarly, on the right-hand side, uh, also people experiencing what's called a transient ischemic attack. So it is short duration stroke also showing a very significant loss of microvascular health in these individuals. So this study that just came out confirms that not only we can predict um, you know, in healthy individuals who has a higher risk of getting a stroke, but also measuring in people that are having a stroke, again, confirming that these individuals indeed have a significantly compromised microvascular health, which we now know makes them not only much more vulnerable, but also uh, contributes the risk of getting the stroke um, uh, at the moment that they're having the stroke. We already showed that in adults uh, experienced to, to, to COVID, there's significant microvascular damage. 
So on the left we show there is significant loss of capillary density, up to 95% loss of the smallest capillaries. Um, and at the same time, on the lower left, significant increases in um, glycocalyx damage. So higher values of PBR, higher levels of glycocalyx damage in these healthy controls or people exposed to COVID, I mean. Well, more recently, this was confirmed that it's not only in healthy adults suffering from COVID, and now some pilot studies also collected on individual children um, brought to the hospital in acute inflammatory complications called the multi-system inflammatory syndrome related to the COVID virus. Um, and these again show that in these children, on the right, there is a control patient that was in the hospital for surgery uh, unrelated to COVID. And these two case controls show not only there's very high elevations in uh, glycocalyx breakdown products in their plasma, so circulating glycocalyx uh, polysaccharides like syndicin. So there's about almost a tenfold increase in shedded glycocalyx in their plasma. Uh, at the same time, there's very significant increases in glycocalyx damage as measured with the glycocheck device. So very high values for PBR. And again, confirming that in these children that are into the hospital because of the acute inflammatory symptoms of COVID, they have a very significant drop in their capillary density. So it's significant damage to their microvasculature, also in children that suffer from the acute complications of a COVID infection. Well, and then following up on another study that we presented last time, is in diabetes. We've seen before that in diabetes, people with diabetes have a significant increase in their level of glycocalyx damage. And at the same time, if we do what's called a oral glucose tolerance test, so we ask the uh, patients to drink a high glucose drink and then follow for two hours the response, uh, for instance, in blood flow increases or in uh, capillary density increases. We've noticed that in healthy controls, during the oral glucose tolerance test, there is a significant increase in blood flow due to nitric oxide increases, but also an increase in blood perfused capillaries. And in diabetes, we've seen that it's impaired uh, because of a damaged microvasculature. During the glucose challenge, there's no increase in blood flow, there's no increase in nitric oxide, and there's no increase in uh, capillary density. Well, this study was followed up recently and was presented um, in August at the uh, Congress for the uh, uh, European Society for Cardiology uh, by Dr. Economides and his colleagues, again, showing not only that in people with diabetes, but also in the middle column shows here, even first degree relatives of people with type 2 diabetes. So these people don't have actually type 2 diabetes, they're just first degree relatives. And if you measure the nitric oxide uh, responses uh, in, in response to the oral glucose tolerance test, as compared to you know, normal glycemic subjects, there's a 24% reduction in the amount of nitric oxide that's being produced during the oral glucose tolerance test. Similarly, uh, in addition to the type 2 diabetics, even people with just elevated glucose levels, so not type 2 diabetics yet, also a strong reduction um, in their nitric oxide production in response to the oral glucose tolerance test. Even worse, there's another study just very recently presented is on people developing diabetes during pregnancy. So it's called gestational diabetes mellitus, GDM. 
Uh, the question that they addressed is whether people that you know, show being sensitive for diabetics during pregnancy, you know, how is their microcirculation doing even 10 years after giving birth? So they followed up these individuals for 10 years and showing that there's a strong decrease in microvascular health as measured with the glycocheck device, even 10 years after giving birth uh, for individuals that develop diabetes during pregnancy. So again, these findings, just follow-ups on the other you know, clinical studies before, underline again that with the glycocheck device, uh, we over and over again confirm huge microvascular complications in a variety of diseases, but also uh, that the damage is not easily repaired. So even 10 years after the, uh, the challenge, people suffer from microvascular damage. Uh, and you know, that's for diabetes, as we've shown before in the previous podcast, even two years after COVID, there's very significant microvascular damage. Um, and, and on top of that, we, we presented that not only we can predict uh, in individuals with a poor microvasculature, their risk for, for stroke, but even again, confirming that people that are getting a stroke indeed have a very much compromised glycocalyx. So now knowing that the risk associated with microvascular damage and how difficult it is uh, to you know, restore by yourself your microvascular health, how important it is to start working on you know, ways and therapies to um, improve microvasculature and you know, limit uh, and minimize risk for you know, future cardiovascular events in these individuals. Wow. You know, that's absolutely powerful in the aspect of 10 years later, they're still having these issues. Think about how many cells have turned over and turned over and turned over, yet they're still producing the same scars, the same damaged glycocalyx in the same areas. So clearly their resources to grow more are, are tapped. And so they're doing the best they can for 10 years, but clearly it's still not enough. So now the amazing aspect or the good news, I should say, is that we can offer people leverage give them more resources for their body to be able to overcome the damage that's continually happening to their system and be able to get a step up on that damage and actually turn it around and start to see healing and new hair growth or new glycocalyx in those damaged areas that you've been tracking for 10 years on end for so many of these people. So, um, that's pretty powerful because we would think that after damage, our body just heals it. Now we're proving that some damage can stay damaged indefinitely if we don't find the resources to overcome it. You know, what's really exciting about what you're sharing, Hans, is obviously we just, the whole world's just kind of come out of this whole COVID-19 pandemic that uh, was global. And I think you know, we were some of the first groups to publish papers on the impact of COVID-19 on the microcirculation. And uh, because we were already positioned and had glycochecks in so many academic research hospitals around the world, some of those uh, locations, um, in addition to the research they were already doing on this specific condition or disease that they were working on, also, wanted to know what's the impact on COVID. And so, you know, what's really interesting, and I think you're gonna get into this today on some studies that we've 
doing on COVID, but I think we're barely scratching the surface of seeing the damage to even healthy individuals that was done by COVID. So there's a condition that's in the news a lot now, it's long haul COVID. And so, you know, depending on which article you read, it's estimated that, you know, anywhere from probably 45 to 60% of people, and this is healthy people that had COVID, even though they had it and recovered, still have symptoms of long haul COVID. So, you know, brain fog, so it's affecting their brain function. Some of them it's affecting their lung function. It's affecting their uh, cardiovascular function. It's affecting their kidneys. Uh, we see uh, neuropathy. Uh, some people have the term COVID toe. We've seen that where uh, people have difficulty with wound sealing. And so I know you're gonna touch on a couple of studies that we've done, but as, as Hans and I have talked to some of the researchers around the world, they're really concerned that in addition to all the other health problems that we have, so you think of uh, cognitive decline, you think of kidney disease, you think of uh, heart disease, you think of lung disease, all of those things, potentially an avalanche might've been triggered by COVID in that it's accelerating this, these diseases in people much faster. And so that's, we're actually in quite a few studies right now trying to figure out what's the impact of those. So we live in exciting times and the blessing we have is that thank goodness we have the technology to be able to know what's happening. And then also that we've got a product that we believe can uh, make a difference in people's lives. So I think Hans, you're gonna talk more about that. I definitely will. I just wanna add that as you showed Bob, uh, all the studies that are ongoing are shown on the website on microvascular as well as on glycocheck.com. Um, many of the studies are you know, long-term studies that we have just initiated, uh, trying to help people recover faster from COVID for instance, uh, but also uh, studies on cognition, study on heart failure, um, studies on hypertension. So all very exciting studies that will take some time to, to you know, collect all the data and to be able to present. Uh, what I can share today is a couple of experimental studies that we have completed. Uh, there's a study, uh, studies going on uh, on aging, for instance, um, and diabetes. Uh, and we have completed a study on the challenges by COVID. And that was recently published, so I can share a lot of those details. Uh, let me start with the, uh, the aging uh, model that we have been studying and see how endocalyx can reduce uh, many of the complications that we see with aging as well as in diabetes. So one of the factors I just discussed with you that you know, in aging and in diabetes, there is a strong reduction not only in uh, capillary density and damage to glycocalyx, but also a strong reduction um, in nitric oxide uh, production and flow-mediated nitric oxide production. So all these factors were studied um, in an experimental study. And I'll show some of those data here with you. This study is completed and about to get published. So this slide shows again what we already know. Uh, this is about the numbers of vessels decreasing with age, as, as same as in diabetes, for instance. 
So on the left, it shows you how many blood vessels we have of the different diameter classes. So we measure uh, in very small vessels, the true capillaries with diameters of four and five microns in diameter up to larger diameters, up to 25 microns in diameter. But especially if you compare the blue dots, which are uh, normal chow, uh, older animals, compared to the gray dots, which are normal chow, young animals. So young animals, you see there's way more small vessels. There's a very significant drop in especially the smallest capillaries with aging. And that's consistent with the other data that we discussed last time also on the podcast, that even in healthy individuals uh, with increased risk, for instance, due to aging, there's already a 50% drop of the number of smallest capillaries due to the risks that uh, microvasculature is exposed to during age and also you know, um, because of hypertension and diabetes. So that's confirmed in this animal model. What's good to see in the middle panel, again, it shows you the blue dots of the normal chow, older animals, um, and together with the green dots. And the green dots are also old animals that have been using endocalyx for eight weeks. So even after eight weeks of adding endocalyx to the chow of these older animals, uh, they restore their microvascular density back to normal healthy levels. And again, on the right, you saw that, you know, the uh, young animals, uh, both with and without the chow still have high levels of capillary density. But the most amazing part is that, you know, in the older animals uh, that used to have 50% reductions in capillary density is back to normal levels, even within two months, taking endocalyx. Well, similarly, in these animals, we have been looking at different microvascular parameters related to glycocalyx. So again, if we measure glycocalyx thickness, uh, comparing young mice to older mice, there's a very significant drop in glycocalyx thickness that's completely restored if you compare young and older mice eating endocalyx. Confirming that observation is if we measure glycocalyx damage again with the glycocheck device and the PBR parameter for glycocalyx damage, see there is significant age-induced damage of glycocalyx in the absence of endocalyx. And then using endocalyx, uh, there is no difference anymore between PBR levels, low PBR levels, and low glycocalyx damage levels between young and older animals. Similarly, if we look at the red cell content uh, in the capillaries, so how much blood volume in the capillaries can be occupied by the red blood cells, there's significant loss of blood volume in the microvasculature with aging, also, that is completely normalized by taking endocalyx in this model. Well, to finish this study, we also looked at how vessels dilate in response to different uh, challenges, uh, blood flow or endothelial-dependent vasodilator drugs like acetylcholine. Um, and again, showing on the top left, a big decrease in how far vessels can dilate so people, people's blood vessels need to dilate to facilitate more blood flowing to the organs um, and you know, ensuring enough nutrients being delivered to the organs. An important part of that dilation in response to blood flow changes uh, is due to glycocalyx. So what we find is that with aging, and comparing the gray dots with the blue dots, is a significant drop uh, of the ability of your vessels to dilate and control blood flow to your organs. Well, the good thing is, if we feed the older animals endocalyx again, 
there's a complete normalization of the ability of your blood vessels to dilate and control blood flow to the organs. And then if we quantify that in terms of nitric oxide bioavailability, we see a confirming again, uh, as we saw also in uh, uh, diabetic uh, uh, patients or in the first degree relatives of patients, and this with aging, there is a very significant drop in your ability to produce nitric oxide. Now with restoring glycocalyx, you see that there is a, a very significant normalization of your ability to produce nitric oxide and again, control blood flow. Now these data are again confirmed on the lower left, shows you uh, the maximal level of vasodilation, so the maximal amount that your blood vessels can dilate and facilitate blood flow increases, a significant drop with aging, normalized by endocalyx, um, and again, showing that this increase is very much related to the ability of your endothelium to produce more nitric oxide due to a more healthy glycocalyx. So before I move on to the other data set on COVID, I just want to summarize and underline the importance of these findings. So we know that a lot of your microvascular functions are damaged over time, either just by aging or by exposed to uh, challenges like diabetes. And for a long time, we didn't know there was anything we could do to you know, stabilize that or slow down that progression. Uh, now, these studies show very exciting data that not only we can slow down the loss of function and slow down the level of damage that people are having with age, but we can actually normalize in a relatively short period of time all these functions and get your vascular system back in shape as it used to be when we were young. So I think these findings are very hopeful and you know, give great promise for the ongoing clinical studies in humans. Uh, we, we have seen some preliminary, preliminary, data, preliminary data that are very hopeful. Uh, I cannot share them, unfortunately, yet because they're still ongoing, but also confirming these findings that we see in the experimental studies also in uh, even older uh, um, individuals. So that's great, great hope of you know, being able to modify uh, and optimize your microvascular health using endocalyx. So the exciting thing, Hans, is the, the, because of that study you just shared, that actually led to a, a follow-on study in conjunction uh, with that group, but uh, with another group we've worked with for several years, they're actually doing an anti-aging study on uh, patients that's funded by the VA. And that's the one that I referenced that we're actually doing, uh, that we needed to do the investigational new drug app for, because the VA is very interested in reducing the, the cost, number one, that they put out for these patients as it relates to all the complications of diabetes and hypertension, all of the, I guess, the storm of symptoms that uh, explode as a person gets older with these things. So it becomes very costly, but also they're interested in improving these people's health. And it also has an exercise element to it to show that uh, they can improve their, not only the things that you just talked about, that that's part of what they'll be measuring, but they're also looking to see how it improves with exercise and how it improves their exercise performance. So, um, you know, Lots of times people say, well, why does it take so long? But, you know, this, that study, I mean, we started on that study, Hans just showed you, gosh, back in 2013, maybe. That's a long time ago. 
And the study I just mentioned that's in humans, it's sort of replicate a lot of what you just saw only in humans. You know, that's a four year study that's funded by the VA and the government. You know, to get true double blind placebo peer reviewed studies, the studies that we're doing are very similar to what they do with drugs, uh, which is kind of unusual for a nutraceutical. Well, I tell you, there's, I've seen a lot of things on anti-aging and people talk about anti-aging. I've never seen anything that was just that straightforward. You have young, you have old, and in every way that you're looking at it, the old became young once again. And I can't think of how simple that formula is. There's so many different ways that people try to turn that clock back around. But like you said, life is in the blood. And if we're not able to improve that blood flow, you're not going to be able to truly impact all the tissues and cells and everything else in the body the way that you need to if you're reversing aging. So this truly is a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. So like I said in the beginning, that's why we're so thankful to be involved in this. And as I said, you know, it's amazing to me every day that as we fix this one thing, uh, the true impact that has on allowing the body to restore itself and that's, that's true anti-aging from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, just to follow up, uh, I know in the previous podcast, we talked a, a lot about COVID. We know there's a lot of damage to glycocalyx in COVID, um, causing a lot of microvascular uh, capillary density loss and, and, and increased damage to glycocalyx that we know is related to you know, increased coagulation, increased inflammation, and increased leakage of fluids and proteins out of the vascular system over the endothelium, accumulating in the tissues, but also allowing more larger molecules like cholesterol leak into the vessels. So increasing all the risks uh, of all the problems uh, related to you know, cholesterol, atherosclerosis, coagulation disorders, inflammation disorders. I'm very happy that we were able to do a study that directly addressing all these problems with the endothelium as soon as glycocalyx is compromised by uh, COVID toxins that are in the plasma uh, of patients that are really sick, uh, critically sick in the ICU with COVID. And that paper was recently published. So I'm going to share some of those most exciting findings uh, of that study. Uh, this is a study on cultured endothelial cells. So what the study uh, did was they took blood samples from different people. So they took blood samples from healthy controls, for instance. They took blood samples for people with COVID that didn't get sick and didn't need to go to the ICU. And they took blood samples from people that got really sick during COVID and needed to stay in the ICU. So one thing they measured was the impact of these different uh, blood samples, the different plasma samples on glycocalyx dimension. So what's shown here on the top left is a cross-section of the endothelium stained for glycocalyx or with confocal microscopy. So this is an endothelial cell. Uh, on top would be where the blood is flowing. You go down and then uh, the green dye is a lectin stained for glycocalyx. So by measuring how much green dye is present on top of the endothelium, and the, and the endothelium is here depicted in blue, you can measure uh, how much glycocalyx is present, but also measure the dimension and, and you know, the volume of glycocalyx. So what it shows in the pictures from top to bottom 
when you have healthy endothelium exposed to blood plasma samples from healthy controls, you have a very well-established and thick glycocalyx on top. Similarly, if you take blood samples uh, from people with COVID that do not get sick and do not need to go to the ICU, so non-ICU COVID uh, patients, uh, there's still a very significant glycocalyx present on your uh, endothelial cells. However, if you take a blood sample from a person that really got sick from the COVID, you see there's a lot of bad stuff in blood circulating in these individuals. And if you take a blood sample and expose the endothelium to that blood sample, almost all of your glycocalyx is wiped off of your endothelial cells. And that's quantitated in the lower left. Here again, you see the staining for glycocalyx. So high levels of glycocalyx in endothelial cells exposed to control plasma or plasma from non-sick COVID patients. But if you take a blood sample from really sick people, uh, whatever's in there is really breaking down your glycocalyx. And it's almost completely abolished uh, after exposure to those plasma samples. Well, at the same time, if you look at uh, the column here on the right-hand side, here we measure the permeability. So how leaky are your endothelial cells over time? So this is measurements done for a few hours. Again, endothelial cells were cultured and you measure the resistance uh, against leakage of your endothelial cells. So the higher, the better. So then they form a very tight uh, coating on the inside of your vessels that doesn't allow leakage of fluid and proteins. However, as soon as you start uh, exposing your endothelial cells to toxic plasma from very sick COVID patients, there's a very significant drop in the resistance of your endothelium, meaning there's a very sharp increase in the leakiness of your vessels. And it's measured in different ways, again, confirming that the resistance you know, in endothelium with a damaged glycogate is significantly reduced, causing a lot of leakage of fluids and larger molecules. Uh, and having the endothelium very exposed to all kinds of problems. However, if we look what we can do uh, with endocalyx, so here we show again uh, the dimensions of glycocalyx uh, was significantly re reduced by the COVID exposure. Uh, the, the main polysaccharide in endocalyx is fucoidin. So the endocalyx and the fucoidin, if we use that to treat the endothelium, prior to the exposure or even after the exposure to the toxic COVID plasma, we see that we can normalize glycocalyx dimensions again. And not only can we restore glycocalyx dimensions back to normal and prevent the damage induced by the COVID plasma, also the complications that you would get uh, because of a damaged glycocalyx can be prevented. So on the top right, we measured coagulation. So actually the anti-coagulation properties of the endothelium. A healthy endothelium prevents coagulation and it's a great protection against clotting of blood cells and platelets on the endothelium. And that level of anti-coagulation is compromised uh, by endothelium with a damaged glycocalyx in COVID. And using the endocalyx, you completely restore your anti-coagulation properties of your endothelium. So you prevent blood from clotting to your blood vessel wall if you restore your glycocalyx with endocalyx. Well, similarly, if we look at inflammation and the expression of inflammation adhesion molecules on the endothelium, we see that you know, people exposed, endothelium exposed to uh, plasma from sick ICU patients is a significant increase in inflammation 
adhesion molecules on the endothelium, which can be completely prevented by treating uh, your endothelium with endocalyx. And also some other inflammatory transcription factors, NF-kappa-beta. Uh, there's a significant increase in inflammation of your endothelium, and then it can be completely prevented by exposing and treating your endothelium with endocalyx. So these are acute data on all the damage that is seen uh, by on glycocalyx and endothelium uh, by exposing you know, your blood vessel wall to plasma from COVID patients. And the exciting thing is that all the damage that we have seen is repairable with endocalyx. So we can prevent loss of your glycocalyx dimension. We can prevent the leakiness of your endothelium. We can prevent the activation of coagulation, which is a huge problem uh, in people exposed to COVID. And we can prevent all the inflammatory problems that we've seen you know, in the adults, but also seen in the children that we just discussed in the ICU. So there's very, very great potential of endocalyx helping your vascular system to you know, repair and protect against all these challenges. Uh, so you know, we are full confidence that you know, all the clinical trials that we have just started. So we have started uh, a couple of studies uh, on you know, helping people, a clinical trial on individuals exposed to COVID when they are uh, you know, recovering from COVID, go home and we do follow-up. We give them endocalyx and we do uh, follow-ups to see if we can actually help them repair their microvasculature uh, uh, much better uh, than you know, the other data that we collect is showing that individuals that are not treated still after two years have very significant levels of glycocalyx damage and, and a high risk of all the complications that we discussed. And uh, similarly, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, doing studies uh, in diabetes, doing studies in hypertension, doing studies uh, in heart failure, doing studies in cognition impairment. So um, I hope, uh, Mark, that you know, similar as the very, very simple ways to show the anti-aging effects of the endocalyx uh, that we'll find very similar effects in all these clinical trials that are ongoing in line with the data that we just published uh, on uh, protecting against the COVID challenges. Well, seeing all that data certainly helps me understand why you guys have felt so confident traveling all over the world these last two years in this pandemic. And so you've seen the science, you understand that we can heal from this and the damage that we've been exposed to doesn't mean it necessarily has to be permanent damage. Our bodies are amazing and they're resilient and given the right resources, they can certainly overcome some pretty devastating damage. I, it was a very exciting episode. I thank you so much. You know, we can just sit here and listen to this all day, but I think we need to save some for next time when we have everybody back on again with their new cameras and, um, Basically, I see, you know, the, the hundreds of doctors coming on with this glycocheck is going to be able to give us so much more data to know that much more about the amazing things that are transpi transpiring inside individuals that are using this amazing product. So I'm looking forward to being part of the contribution to that database and scanning a lot of people and being able to find ways to get them healthier than they've been in a long time. Yeah, it's, it's exciting time. So, you know, I'm so excited that in 2023, we're going to be able to build up the network of glyco check locations so that patients can search and find a location where they can go get tested. We get requests from people all the time is, 
is there a closer location or how can I get tested? And there's huge interest in this. And this is going to be a, a big blessing for all those people that, you know, don't really have a place to turn. And I think as you release this video to people, it's going to be a real eye-opening experience to see the impact of the level of studies that we're doing, but more important, importantly, that there's real hope for people that it's not too late. Because, you know, that's the biggest question that people started asking me a long time ago is, is it too late? Because all too often when they go and talk with their doctor or, and, you know, I love your, your acronym of the good news doctor. I've always loved it since the day I met you because yeah. most people are used to bad news when they go to the doctor. But I love, you know, that you, you call yourself the good news doctor. And this is really good news that needs to be shouted from every rooftop. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And hence the good news doctor is why I am what I am and why I do what I do. And so too many people just don't get enough good news in the day. And so we are that news. We are the people that are going to make this part of everybody's day the best part of their day because now they feel hope again and they feel empowered that we can get healthier and we can reverse aging. There's so many amazing ways to do it, but this is truly the foundational way that if we're not tapping into this aspect of it, we're really missing the boat. So thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you coming on and sharing the good news with us. And until next time, you guys have a great day. And thank you all the listeners for joining us today. And until next time, have a wonderful day and keep enjoying sharing the good news. Talk to you later. Bye-bye now.